long-term investment. I started thinking about the church in America. I started thinking about us as a family. So this morning, I want to just give you an opportunity to think about something. And he used the word, and the word that I want you to think about is the word investment. I realize when you and I think investment, we automatically think our retirement plan and all those things, which are not necessarily bad, and it's not wrong. But what's your investment as far as the gospel is concerned? And I want us to think about investment as far as the gospel is concerned, and I don't want us to think about money. Because a lot of times people say, well, I'll just give money to help MAF. MAF needs some you know, financial resources at times to do things. I understand that. And that's not bad. And it's important for us to give. But this morning as we're sitting here, and I was been thinking this week about opportunity to share with you, there's a temptation for us to typically think about investment as a short-term thing and not as a long-term thing. So I want you to think about this question. I don't know, I don't think this is actually going to take place in heaven, but it's interesting to think about right here, right now. When you get to heaven, and you have a chance to pause and look around, how many people do you think will be there because they saw Jesus in you? I want what that person has. I don't know what it is, but whatever they have, I want that. And you'll be able to, I don't know if we're going to be able, I don't think I'm going to be worried about who's here and who's here. I think I'll be, my, my focus is on being my Savior. Yeah, there's people I want to see. How many will be there because we've invested in the gospel? Because it was a passion of who we are. Another question. When you're in heaven and you have the opportunity to look around, how many people will you see there that you saw God help them take the next spiritual growth step towards maturity? Who will be the individuals that will be there that you've been with here on this earth, just wrestling back and forth, open and honest, vulnerable, whatever, and you see them grow. You see them take the Word of God and say, okay, I want to make that part of who I am. And they, they take that next spiritual growth step, and you get to celebrate with them. Long-term investment. I realized this morning that that's probably not what most of us have thought about this week. We've had places to go, things to do. We've had job responsibilities. We have you know, marriage responsibilities, all this stuff. But have we stopped and said, okay, how am I going to invest with the gospel? God, what do you want me to be involved with this week? So this morning I want you to take your Bible and we're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I won't, um, I'll kind of buzz through this because I want you to see this. But 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul's words to a young man. I think it's really interesting. Do you look at these words? He says this to Timothy. You then, my son. So there's this relationship between Paul and Timothy. You then, my son. Be strong. Be increasing. Be continuing to grow. And before you go on, I want you to, to just you know look, look at this for a second. It's not about Timothy's spiritual strength. It has nothing to do with Timothy. He said, Timothy, be strong in what? In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Are you still amazed by His grace? 
As we navigate tomorrow or this afternoon, have we spent some time sitting saying, okay, look, I need your help today. I need that grace today for me. I can't do life on my own. God, I'm coming to you because your grace is still amazing. And I still have the issues and I'm still broken and I still know it's about you. And the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses. So Timothy, what you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses. Timothy, I want you to do something with that. I want you to entrust that. I want you to commit that to others. So as you think about going forward, you think about your investment, how are we entrusting the gospel to the next generation? That's part of our responsibility. It's part of the fun of who we are as an individual. And so Paul's telling Timothy, hey, entrust this to who? To reliable men who will also be able to be qualified to teach others. So as you think about our opportunity as an investment, It's in front of us. To never get over the wonder of the grace. To never get over the excitement of our salvation. To always be in awe of who He is. But remind ourselves we're here for a purpose. We're not just here to be here. It's not, oh, well, let's just enjoy Highlands County and go to lunch today. We've been called for such a time as this. And it's not to live for ourselves. And it's not just to be about our 401, and not just to be about our retirement, and not just to be about our grandchildren, and not just to be about our career. We've been here, been summoned by God for such a time as this, what? To entrust the gospel to the next generation. To invest in them well. It's interesting, though, because we do live in the United States of America. You need to see the word picture or the thought process of the next verse. Paul says to this young man, Timothy, you're going to have to endure hardships with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officers. How much time have we been involved in civilian affairs? How much time have we said, okay, God, we we know you've called us, but we really don't like the whole military concept, and we don't really like to report to anybody? So we know you're the commanding officer, but we just kind of want to do what we want to do today. And that's kind of where we live in the United States of America. We're not around the the people. We're not so positive. We're not so excited about enduring hardships. But reminder this morning, and I don't know where in the world it will be, but there will be individuals today that will have an opportunity, and all they have to say is, you know what, I don't like that Jesus, I renounce Jesus, and they can walk out of prison. They can walk away from a beating. They can walk away from death, and all they have to do is say, that's it, I I don't want this. But there's something inside of them that has so captivated them that they won't do it. That they'll take the beating. They'll take the the being in jail. They'll take prison. They'll take a whooping. They'll take death. Because that grace is so amazing to them. They're not going back. And we have a hard time spending five minutes looking at our Bible. Spending 25 minutes with a group where the Word of God is open. No wonder we can't endure hardship. 
because the main thing is not a main thing to us. And so the civilian affairs have trumped the things that we think are true. And we're so worried about being comfortable and God meeting our needs and making us happy that enduring hardships is not anywhere that we want to be. So this morning, as you think about a soldier, are you a good soldier? Are you caught up in civilian affairs? Is it time for you to pause and say, hold on a second. I need to go back to the beginning and I need to be reminded that I've been entrusted to remodel men by this, about this amazing grace that I want to pass on to the next generation. It's interesting if you talk to people right now that have businesses they're always looking for help they can't find good employees so everywhere you you know you bump into people you know anybody wants a job anybody wants a job anybody wants a job they can't find anybody that's willing to work there's help wanted everywhere and i'm just wondering if that's not even infiltrated into our church that we're not really willing to work for it anymore that it's just a little bit easier for us to say, well, we'll just coast along. That's uh, not really a big deal. Well, I'm not sure over the years how many times Gene probably wanted to come back from Ecuador. Or how many times he got into playing and said, you know what, this is just kind of, this is a long day, extra work. Do I really want to do this again? Oh, there goes that problem with that plane again. i got to fix it again out in the middle of the jungle. Wish I had this tool or that tool or wish whatever. But when the phone rang and Jorge's daughter's life was on the line, he was in the air. And the day that they flew the lady in that was going to be the one that started ministry to be able to share the gospel. And all that that individual had to endure to understand the culture, the hardships, being away from her family, not just being able to go you know, to McDonald's whenever they wanted. Not even be able to steak whenever they wanted it. Just in the jungle. For how many years? I don't know. But she was willing to endure. Why? Because the gospel mattered to her. And guess what? Jorge's daughter's in heaven forever. Jorge's with his daughter now for eternity. Because one individual said, oh, I'll go. Another individual said, hey, I'll fly. Another individual said, hey, I'll support. Another individual said, hey, I'll pray. Why? Because it all mattered to them. Because they wanted to get involved. And it's like churches. You know, you got 20% of people doing 80% of the work. And the 20% never changes. That's always interesting to me. You would think as the gospel started to affect people's lives, hey, what can I do? Hey, I'll get involved. What about this? What about this? No, just call the same people. They'll be there. Because it really hasn't filtered into who we are. So as I say the help wanted, I'll do this really quick. But Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20. I know you know this passage of Scripture, Jesus' words to his disciples. Therefore, go and make disciples. We've been given a responsibility to go. But it's very clear about what Jesus says. He just didn't say go and just make disciples. He said go and get involved in people's lives, not just that they get saved. That's important. But it's more than just an important, more than just them getting saved. The word is disciples. Individuals that are willing to follow their Savior. That's a disciple. And if you go through the Gospels, and, and I realize uh, we're close on time, but Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, he said to, those, to these men, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. 
a really interesting passage of Scripture as you think about a disciple is go to 2 Timothy with me to chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul's words to Timothy again. Very interesting what he says. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge, Timothy. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, or correct, rebuke, and encourage. With what? What does your Bible say? With great patience. Coming alongside of people with patience, say, hey, I want to give you truth, and they might not just high-five you say, yeah, I'm really excited about your correction today. Thank you very much. But coming alongside of people over a period of time, over a long-term investment, say, hey, I'm here with you. I will patiently steer you towards the Word of God. Allow it to affect who you are. Timothy, that's your responsibility. With great patience and careful instruction, for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around themselves a great number of teachers so that for them to say what their itching ears want to hear. You then, then, you, then will, they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss, but you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardships. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge the, min, discharge the duties of your ministry. Is that true about the United States of America? Is that true about us as a family? Let's just gather around people who will tell us what we want them to say. Well, it's my desire. I mean, I'm not going to tell my desire, no, right? I mean, it is my desire, and I really should be happy, right? That's what the purpose in the plan is. No, the purpose in the plan is for us to set ourselves to the call of the gospel. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Go back to Matthew chapter 28. All the authority in heaven and earth has been given to you. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you've never been baptized, we will do a baptism here June the 10th um, out at the Harshman. So if you'd like to be part of that, as time gets closer, we'd love to sit down and talk to you about what it means to be baptized. Verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'll be with you to the very end of the age. He's always going to be with us. He's always going to be there. But part of the Great Commission is not only going, it's also teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'll be with you. Can I ask you a question? Who's somebody that you're investing in with the truth of Scripture to encourage them to walk in that teaching? One of the things that I have a privilege to do is be part of a Thursday morning. Um, let me see if any of those guys are in here. I call it the old men Bible study. Um, so when I leave the house on Thursday, oh, sorry, there is one in here. Um, so when I leave the house on Thursday morning, the students say, you're off to the old men Bible study. Yeah, I'm on my way. Okay. Sitting with those men is incredible wisdom. And it's fun to listen to them talk. But as a young man, you know what I want? I want them to invest their wisdom in other young men. I want them to take what they've been taught over the years, some by life experience, some just going through truth, 
and find somebody in our family or in our community and say, hey, I want to get involved in your life because I want to teach you some things. Not, and they don't come right out front and say, I'm going to teach you some things, but it's, it's just this relationship that's built over time. And there's a guy that sits in the back every Sunday morning, and on Thursdays there's two or three guys that show up at this house. They always buy, uh, I think, Little Caesar's pizza. And they sit with their Bibles open, and he just pours out his life to them. Who are we investing? Who are we wrestling with? Because we have to submit to the teaching, too. So it's not like you're just going to go sit down and say, okay, this is what you need to do. When you sit down with your Bible open, you have to say, okay, now the Word of God is open in front of me. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to learn first? We sang... um, the word, you know, if you don't mind, for such a time as this, can you put those words back up there? Can you can take over? If you don't mind, Nancy, you can take over the screen. But as you think about your investment, I just want to read you one more verse. And it comes from the book of James. And James' words to those who he was writing to are an opportunity for you to listen. But listen very carefully this morning. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag, all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, it's what? That's pretty weak. It is what? So if we know what we ought to do, And what we ought to be doing is investing in what? The gospel. And we don't do that, what do we do? We're living in sin. Through the moving of His Spirit, though a mercy we do not deserve, we have been rescued from apathy. Through the moving of His Spirit, though a mercy we do not deserve, We have been rescued from apathy. I believe some of us need to be rescued from apathy and to live a life of legacy of Christ in this world. And if we keep on going, you will see that thousands and thousands will say yes to our sin. Is that our passion? To make a difference? for such a time as this, that you and I invest wisely with the gospel. Father, let's pray. I thank you for the opportunity, Jesus, that we can be here. I thank you, Jesus, that you had a plan to start a church and a library and an airplane mechanic was driving down the road and he saw people 
What's amazing, Father, is that you knew from eternity past that Gene would be driving down that Kenilworth Boulevard that day. And you knew a group of people were going to start a church. And you already knew about Jorge and his daughter. And you knew that you had given Gene ability to understand an airplane. And you gave him a desire to fly. But what we didn't know is their names. And now we do. And now we know that your power moved into a jungle through an individual and this little girl said yes to you, Jesus. Jesus, give us many little girls and little boys, moms and dads in Highland County for such a time as this. Not that they would just get saved. That's one of our desires. But also one of my desires is that, Father, we would know you well. That apathy would not be part of who we are other than briefly until you grab us by the seat of our pants and say, hey, wait, you need to go in this direction. You need a wake-up call. You need a reminder. You need to come to Jesus' meeting. So for such a time as this, it's our responsibility to be involved with the gospel in our community. So, Father, you know the people we're going to get an opportunity to talk to. And so may they say yes to you in salvation. And, Father, you know the ones that we're going to get an opportunity to encourage in, in discipleship, which sometimes is not easy. Father, may we be perseverant. May we love people the way you love people. As Stacy's already prayed, Father, may our family not be a family of condemnation, but a family that's truth. True enough to tell people the truth. True enough to love people when they don't accept the truth. Because what you've done in our lives, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for MAF. Thank you for allowing Bible Fellowship Church to be part of it. Can't wait to get to heaven. Would you show us all those people that were part of the MAF? I'm probably really not going to matter, Father, because we're going to be with you forever. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your gospel plan. Thank you that you're not depending on us. But help us to be ambassadors that honor you well. In your name I pray. Amen.